Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Just like you, I'm an independent retail business owner. I love the home decor and gift boutique I co-own with my sister, but I don't want it to consume me or my life. Join me each week as I share lessons learned, helpful tips, and valuable information for your retail business and life. Whether you're buying your products or making your products, whether you're a 25K business or a $2.5 million business, I'm on a mission to help indie retailers work less, profit more, and grow. Let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Today, I want to welcome our first guest in a new Shopkeeper Stories series. I'm really excited to bring this back. So many of you love these episodes, so I thought I'd bring it back. And today, I'm here with Jessica Thompson of Be Joyful Shop. That's B-E-E, Be Joyful Shop. It's Michigan's first zero-waste shop and refillery featuring locally made and sustainably sourced zero waste products for your home, kitchen, bath, and beauty routine. And I'm sure Jessica will talk much more about it, but I just wanted to make sure I introduced her. So Jessica, thank you so much for being here. I have a lot to say about you and we're going to talk about it during the podcast episode, but thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. So I like to kick off this series or these episodes with just asking you what led you to become a shopkeeper, a little bit of your story of how you ended up owning not just one brick and mortar store. You have two, right? Correct. Yes. So I started off about six years ago as a maker and we can get more into how that all happened, but I started off as a maker making one product and that one product after several years of being in markets and different shows turned into moving into a community space where I was able to make a few more things. And once a month, we had an opportunity to sell our items during Art Hop Night. And the response from the community when they saw our products and what we were starting to offer was that they wanted a whole shop of those items. So I took a huge leap of faith and found a space We were planning on opening in April of 2020. And so that, as all of us know, is not the best timing because COVID shut us down a week before our grand opening. But moving forward, we opened six months later. We did have a huge online presence during that closing time, which allowed us to pay our bills and rents, utilities, and all of the products that came due during that that closing time. And over the next few months, we had such a huge response from not only our community, but from all over the state and different states that I took another huge leap of faith and opened another shop on the other side of the state as well. I guess I didn't realize that you opened in 2020. What were the products that you were making? What was your first product that you made and sold? So we made the Be Joyful reusable food wraps was our first product. And that replaces like cling wrap, single use um, plastic wrap. And so that was, that was 2017 when the business officially kicked off. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that that was the one product that kicked off your whole entire business. So now I'm really happy I'm interviewing you because I'm learning, I'm learning more. 
Yeah. What a time to open in 2020. There are actually quite a few group members who have said the same thing. Like that's the year that they opened or launched. So tell me, where are the two stores and how big are they? So our first store is in Kalamazoo. It's right downtown. We have a a Kalamazoo mall. It used to be a funny story. The first walking mall in the United States. It's now has traffic on it though. So it was very, very cool back in the fifties. So that's downtown Kalamazoo. And that's, this space is 1,250 square feet. And then the other stores right outside of Ann Arbor in a little town called Dexter. And that space is 850 square feet. Okay. And you have team members at both stores. You're not running back and forth, running both. Well, I mean, you're, you own and run them essentially, but you have team members supporting you. Correct. So the business started off with just my kids and I, and then as we grew and we all got very tired fast, we added on more people and it's interesting. I don't plan it this way, but we have a lot of college aged students, which is fantastic because they're the ones who are very much passionate about sustainability and they have that drive to go out and change the world. So I love, I love my staff at both stores. They're just all fantastic. And we might have people, I have two questions. How many kids still work in the business? I have actively, I have three, three that work in the business and then the others are like all on call. So when I need help with <laughs> tech things or, um, our, our cameras, my, my son Fletcher does that. And when I have building needs, my son Cameron does that. Or if we need extra help in the store, especially during the holidays, everybody kind of comes in and helps out. And now they're all late teens or early twenties, right? Is this the age range that we're talking about? So they don't, people don't think that I am asking you about 10 year olds working at your store. When we When we started, they were all very little. Ellie, who is very active in the store and just is, she's been here since the beginning. She's the OG. Um, She is, um, she was doing stuff, great grading wax uh, at the age of 11 or 12. So (laughs) she has lots of stories, but my youngest is 16. And then my oldest just turned 24 on the fourth. Okay. And you were talking about like younger generations, how much they appreciate the mission of your business. So just in case there are people that are listening that don't know about a zero waste or refill shop, can you tell us a little bit about that business model and what it is that you do? Definitely. So we, so zero waste is a great term, but it's also the goal. Is it going to be achievable if you lived by yourself out in a yurt? Maybe, but it's, it, we all live in communities where plastic is prevalent on our food, everywhere you go, fast food. But our idea is zero waste is the goal. And so we have so many alternatives for you to make changes in your home so that not only is the plastic being cut down right from the start, it's better for our bodies. Plastic is so bad for humans, but it's also going out into the community, into our waters. It's hurting the animals. 
we're in Michigan, we have all the great lakes and the great lakes all connect to the ocean. So it's, we're all connected with this. We have so many different things that are easy to do. Also, they're very affordable. When I started this business, I, I was a single mom. I had five kids. I couldn't afford any of the eco-friendly products. So not only did I have mom guilt, but I also had eco guilt. It was a great combination for me, but that's what I want to do is offer these products in a very non-judgmental way so that you can make changes and cut that down because recycling doesn't work. I believe we're at about 6% of everything you put in your recycling bin actually gets recycled. Oh, that's very disheartening. I was just going to say that that's so disheartening, especially for those of us that like really put effort into recycling. I'm proud of the blue bags that I fill up, that I put out on the curb that are filled with the plastics from home. And you should be. (laughs) I am. Yes, you should be proud of that. But the systems just aren't set up for us for that to succeed. And so we need to start at the, at the beginning, at our choices that we're making. Yeah. And I love the idea of refill shops. I've, I've been to them before I use them. I have glass bottles that I take to the shop, right? This is what happens in your store. People take glass bottles, refillable bottles, or they reuse plastic bottles that they already had. And you have big containers of laundry detergent, soaps, lotions, and you can just fill, refill these same containers up instead of buying, constantly buying new plastic containers. You're just using what you already have. I absolutely love it. Aside from the the wrap, the food wraps that you first made when you launched the business, is there, are there any other handmade products that you, your team makes now in addition to the food wraps? Yes. I'm so excited. We are up to 15 products that we make in house. And this has just happened over the last three months. I am beyond excited about this because, so we also, about 80% of our items are Michigan made. We like to keep it close to home. Not only are we supporting local artists and makers, but we're also cutting down on those carbon emissions from the shipping. So I could find someone great in California, but if I could find it closer to home, that's better. But about 99% of our items are US made. And so that's really important to us too. Then we have some Canadian friends. But uh, the items that we're making, now we're able to, I know where those so all of our, the things are sourced from, I know what the ingredients are. We can tell people we make this, we make this for you. And to see the customers, they're like, oh my gosh, that's made here. Wow. It, it's such a cool, cool thing for them, especially people who are very into where did this come from? Is this organic? Where did you source it? What was the packaging like? All of those things. So we make just a sampling. We make lip balms and lotion bars, shave bars, cake mascara, paw balm for your puppies or kitties. We make new little soap babies. They're an individual little soap ball that you can take out to camping or music festivals or put in your diaper bag, those types of things. So many things. So I'm very, very excited about it. Yeah. That's another thing I didn't know. I didn't realize there were 15. I knew you were launching products because you shared the one picture in master shopkeepers and the, the branding is on point. The packaging is fantastic. A lot of it is in metal tin so that you can reuse those. I would imagine. 
So you, when people buy the tins, can they just go back and re, you know, buy the bars individually and then still use the tin? So the tin is the first purchase and then the refills are what you buy to keep putting back in the tins. Exactly. We also tell people too, if they have anything at home, Altoid tins or any little containers to reuse those. So yeah, we do have tins, but we're always encouraging people to use what they have first. And prior to starting the business, the handmade business and the brick and mortar stores, did you have any retail experience? I have been in retail since I was 17. I moved to college at 17. I was a, I was a young baby. And I, my first, my first year in college, I worked three retail jobs because I was putting myself through school. And then I have, oh my gosh, I've was a manager at Build-A-Bear. I was a manager at Campus Den, which does t-shirts. Oh oh my gosh, so many different places. I also worked for an international nonprofit and I traveled the country and did speaking engagements for like gigantic crowds of moms. But yeah, the retail, but it was always on the, the other side. It wasn't the it wasn't all of the back end stuff. It was just more customer service and keeping the store looking good. Yeah. The forward facing stuff, not all the stuff that you do now as the business owner. <laughs> is that why you, is that why you joined master shopkeepers? I don't know that the answer to this question either. So I was in savvy shopkeepers to start with, and there were a few people that just, I so admired. April was one of them. You is it Linnea or Linnea? Linnea. Linnea. Oh my gosh. Like those are my OG girls that they probably don't <laughs> even know this, but I absolutely adore them. <laughs> and I saw that they, I think had joined. I know April did. I'm not sure on Linnea, but they had joined. And I was like, oh, I want to be a part of that. And I wasn't even in, I don't think I had opened the store yet. I think I was at the community workspace still. Oh, I love that. I didn't know that either. I do agree. Like in the group, like we, I think we all inspire each other. Like we see what's possible. And I love that you answered that way. I did not know that April and Linnea are going to be like, oh yeah, proud. proud Probably probably know because I'm probably their biggest stalker. I'm like, I love that. That's great. Good job, girls. And the one thing that I want to talk about, just talking about April and Linnea, because, and for, for those that are listening, April is the owner of Fructaven Farm and Pink and Frillo's and Fructaven Farm is where I hosted last year's retreat and I'll be hosting the 2022 retreat. And Linnea owns um, a consignment shop and she actually just opened up a men's version. They're side by side, women's on one side, men's on the other. And that's Shop It Darling. Darling and Dashing Boutiques. I love the names. I think she had that planned out for a decade. Uh, But both of them, April is great, has a great presence on video. And Linnea for sure is an influencer and has a great presence on Instagram and Reels. So it's no surprise that you were drawn to them, which kind of leads me to the next thing that I want to talk about is is just how incredibly talented you are with TikTok. 
And I'm really excited because you are going to be one of the breakout speakers at the retreat this year. And you're going to talk about definitely foundational things around social media, the stuff that we forget about because we just like jump in and take off running. And then I love the title of your your second presentation, which is going to be talking about more about being comfortable in front of the camera and dancing or doing the silly things that most of us or some of us like me cringe at like the thought of doing. So I'm look I'm genuinely even if in the middle of the retreat I can't attend your sessions, hands down I'm going to watch your sessions because both you and our other guest speaker offered to record them. So tell me a, a little bit about your journey with TikTok. Like I want to know from the beginning like how wh- how did you I mean you have 60,000 followers. So tell me all the things. So when we first started, obviously you set up the Facebook account, you get that going. That was back in 2017 with just the OG food wraps. And then Instagram came about and we did that. So I was very comfortable with both of those things. We didn't do video. It wasn't really a thing on either one of those platforms. So that's just been rolling along and we get the brick and mortar. We are I mean, I was planning the food for the event, like that we were down to the wire for the grand opening and we got the call. States are shutting down. Kids are going out of school for two weeks. And we were like, oh, okay, that's cool. So then we realized it wasn't two weeks. And I had about a three-day crying fit, trying to pull myself together pushed everything into our website, redid that, which that's a whole nother story. And then um, we won't go there. We won't go there. Then then, so I have all of the kids at home, all of the kids. And a couple of them said, you should go on TikTok. All I knew of TikTok at that point was my stepson doing the renegade everywhere he went and my daughter and her brother, like just doing dances and being ridiculous, which was awesome. I loved it. I thought it was very cute. And they kept saying, you should do this. So all I knew was dancing or silly things like that. And I didn't know how, I didn't know how that was going to translate to a small business. So I went on there. I look, I didn't have, I didn't even have it downloaded. I went in, downloaded it. And I started looking at some of these other businesses. And for me, what I do is I take the trend. My kids will send me trends, trending sounds or trending songs. And I take that trend. And then I think, how can I switch this to being eco-friendly? How can I switch this, this silly thing of someone's t- talking about, um, something relatable, like, you know, being the oldest sibling, but how can I translate that into being eco-friendly or cutting down on plastic? I feel like a little pat on my back, but I feel like I'm doing a really good job at that. And it has just been, it's been crazy. My first couple months, well, during that time that we were closed, TikTok paid the bills. It literally paid the bills to keep us afloat. This business is all organic. I don't have loans. I don't have any outside funding. This was all, it's all organic up until this, so far so good. But during that time we were closed, I had no income. There was, there was nothing. We had 
put, I mean, I didn't even have like the account set up where you can pay in 60 days. That was just sort of just coming about. So everything was due. Everything was your rent's due, consumers is due, all of those things. TikTok paid the bill. What I was doing, I wasn't even selling things. I was sharing information. I was helping to educate people, inspire them to make a change. And they were coming to my website through the my profile link and buying the things. I wasn't saying, oh my gosh, this is such a great product. You should go get this. I was saying, did you know that 500,000 straws are used every single day in the U.S. and they can't be, uh, but I didn't have to say, and they would come and buy the things. So then I've had huge, huge influencer people comment, like, share videos. And Paris Hilton was probably the biggest star that I've had. She not only liked one of my TikToks, but she commented twice on them, which was incredible. So then because of her comments, that pushed my video to a larger audience and just, I, I think that was probably one of the catalysts that that pushed the follower count. Okay. I had no idea about this either. If you said this last year at the retreat when you attended and, and you were helping people with TikTok, I, I honestly did not know. That's crazy. I also love that you touched on how you use TikTok to educate that your content is very educational. People learn from you and that inspires them to buy from you. I also didn't know that TikTok was the reason you were able to push through or thrive during the pandemic. I didn't know that either. So I just want to make sure that I stress you have over 60,000 followers on TikTok. I also want to talk about early on. I don't know if you still do this. I didn't look at your TikTok account recently, but early on, you you had this like persona on TikTok. <laughs> We're both laughing. Does she still surface and does she have a name? So she is still around. She comes out now and again. I love her. She is eco mom and she she definitely has a very Midwestern eco momness about her. She wants to help people do the best that they can. And there's a couple different takes that I do on her, but she, she makes me laugh. She's, she's a hoot. So she makes me laugh too. (laughs) um, I also it's, it's eco mom, but she's, um, she's the one who does uh, the, am I better than everyone else? And I, that one makes me laugh too, because it's sometimes we feel like that. Like I, I said no to a straw, like I'm saving the world (laughs) and anything you see on there is total jokes. I'm making fun of myself. I, again, no judgment at all to anyone. I, yeah. But I think for the TikTok, and we'll talk about this more at the retreat, but I think that the one thing, if you take something away today is that, and you want to go down that TikTok road to try it is to mix things up. So I, I educate people. I will have videos where I'm talking and I share information about 
I used to use this product, but now I use this and here's why. So I'm educating. And then my kids will send me um, a lip sync video and I'll lip sync the video or do a silly little dance and have some words over the screen that I've taken a trend and switched it to something eco-friendly. And then you maybe come up with a persona of your own, or you do one of those back and forth where you're talking to yourself type of things. So mixing it up is really going to help your account to, to reach different people and then for them to see everything. Yeah. And I know you're going to touch upon so many of these things and teach all your tips and tricks, or maybe not all of them, some of the really good ones at the retreat. I'm really looking forward to it. I also want to mention that Jessica's actually in one of her stores right now. So if you hear background noise, that's where it's coming from. And we joked at the beginning of the episode because we've had some tech issues. I wasn't saying things correctly. I had to stop because I kept flubbing my words. So it's like, it's life, it's business. It's how it is. Right. Um, but I want to make sure that I ask you, where do you see, cause it's time, it's time to wrap it up, but I have so, I have so many questions. I wish these were like an hour long. Where do you see your business? Where do you see be joyful shop and, or the influence that you have on TikTok? Where do you see those heading in the next five years? Oh my goodness. The next five years, I am going to speak this into existence because this is a huge dream. Right now, both of our shops are near college towns or in college towns, and it has worked very well for our model of what we're doing. I would love to, this year, to open in East Lansing, which is where Michigan State University is at. It's also where my daughter Ellie is going to school, so she would be able to run that store while going to school. So that is something that we are actively looking for. And then maybe in a year down the road to have something near Grand Rapids, Michigan as well. There's other college towns and where I'm located, because we've got to do the map, right? I'm here. And so this is, this is a nice little sphere for me to be able to reach all of the stores, still be able to get into the stores and to just grow our community. There are more refills of stores. Also, seven more have opened since we opened ours in the state, which is phenomenal because for us, it's community over competition. And I am always telling everybody else, if there can be a Starbucks every other block, we can, this this should be a thing too. Oh my gosh, that's So. so true. And for those that don't know, Jessica is in Michigan, obviously we talked about this, but she held up her hand like for the state of Michigan and she was showing how all of the locations are kind of around, like in a sphere around where she lived, where you live, right? Correct. I got it. I just wanted to make sure that the people that were listening understood Well, that's really exciting. I'm so excited for you. This was enlightening to me because I honestly just didn't know some of the answers to your questions. And when I ask group members if they want to participate in the stories, I we this is another thing that Jessica and I talked about. I really try not to engage or ask too many questions or structure this in any way so that it is organic and it isn't, you're not like coming up with like formal structured answers. I want I really want to learn about you. And it's genuine when I say, I wish these episodes were an hour because I feel like we could probably talk for two hours, but I'd love for everyone to know how to find you. What is your username on TikTok? I should have asked that five minutes ago. What's your username on TikTok? On TikTok, I am Be Joyful Jess. 
And it's, it's funny. Even this morning I stopped to get coffee and someone recognized me and they were like, oh my gosh, are you be joyful, Jess? <laughs> so that is now really my name and it makes me laugh. <laughs> so <laughs> I just hilarious. laughed out loud, really loud, but <laughs> that's hilarious. Cause I could see it. Everyone really just needs to go and check you out and check out. What is it? Eco mom. Eco mom is hilarious. Eco-mom this is the funny part about eco mom. I think I told you this. I don't know if you remember, but I really didn't know Jessica when she first joined the group. I knew a little bit about her. And then I started following her on TikTok. And were you sharing your, do you share your TikToks to Instagram? Sometimes we do. Okay. And I think at the time you were, and I didn't know you well, I legit thought that eco mom was you. <laughs> I didn't know that it was a persona. Oh no. <laughs> I did. I had no idea. This is going to be like the funniest episode. I had no idea. I thought eco mom was Jessica. <laughs> And that makes me laugh every time because obviously I see the real Jessica, but I know why people would approach you out in public and ask you, (laughs) do they ever say anything about eco mom? Are they surprised like me that eco mom isn't the same as Jessica? I have lots of people that do because I have, I think we all have our, our normal voice, right? And then we have our customer service voice. Well, I then have, so I have those two, but I also have eco mom voice and it's, it's a whole deal. And I mean, I guess maybe it's not that different, but in my head, it is when I listen to it, it is. Um, (laughs) And so people will definitely be like, Oh my gosh. Like, I thought that was your voice. I'm like, it's, it's not, it's, it is not my voice. (laughs) You just gave me an idea. Maybe I need to come up with an, maybe I need to come up with a persona for my own store. It's like salvaged Susie. See, there you go. This is, this is it right there. My sister would disown me (laughs) if I started doing that. I also had an idea. There is a great influencer on there, um, uh, Kate Stickler, and she has a huge following, but she does um, a little take on um, her um, Hispanic mother and it, you should see her because she is a hoot, but I literally, every time I see it, I'm like, Kathy should do it and be like, Mamacita. (laughs) I'll have to follow her. (laughs) So I like to wrap up these episodes. Okay. So what is it? What's your username again on TikTok? I want to make sure people got that. So it's be joyful Jess on TikTok. And what is your website link? It's www.bejoyfulshop.com. Okay. So I wanted to make sure everyone knew that. And then I like to just kind of wrap this up by asking you, what is your best piece of advice for other shopkeepers? Oh my gosh. I struggle with this so much, especially recently, because as much as I say community over competition, and I truly believe that in my heart, it hurts. And it is a big stinker when people copy you. And there's a difference between doing a good thing and doing your own thing and staying in your lane and flat out copying and being mean or cruel about it or spiteful, right? And so I think that having navigated that and also overcoming imposter syndrome and all of those things, those lovely things that we have to deal with is have your moment in the back room cry, yell at somebody, punch a pillow, whatever that looks like, go for a walk. 
but then pull yourself together. Know that you are doing exactly what you are supposed to be doing. You are where you are supposed to be and no one can be you, but you, and then you stay in your lane and you do the best that you can do. And they're going to be over there and people will see that they're being big stinkers and they're doing mean things or whatever. Right. And they're going to see that you have great customer service and you have great products and you have your mission, whatever that looks like. Is it to make beautiful furniture or is it to grow beautiful plants or make beautiful balloon arches or save the planet? Like whatever that mission is, they're going to see that and you are going to shine through. Yeah. I think that's the time. I love that. I think it's the time that you really have to brace if that's you and you aren't the mean girl and you aren't the copycat. That's the time where we have to really almost embrace and appreciate our own integrity and just sit in that. And that's okay. Yes, definitely. It's, it, it, it's, it's a big bummer though. I mean, it, it hurts your feelings. It's what it does. And you start to question. Um, and maybe it's just me, but I get up in my head a lot and I question, am I, am I the person I say I am? Am I the shopkeeper that I say I am that I show people that I am. And sometimes you have to have also that good group of people around you. Maybe it's a best friend. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a husband partner that is going to be like, no, you are good you are good and you are doing good things and you just keep going. And that's all you need to hear. Cause then you're like, yeah. doggone it. I am. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that happens a lot in master shopkeepers where we have to, you know, remind each other that we're great the way we are. And we run businesses with love and care and good intentions and integrity and, that we should just keep pushing forward. That's the one thing that comes up a lot in the group is, keep moving forward, keep your eye on the prize, whatever your prize may be. It's going to be different for everyone, but keep moving forward. Excuse me. Keep taking positive action, keeping who you want and you know, who you want to strive to be. And that's, what's important. All of the other outside influences and detractors and all of that. I get it. It's hard to keep that out of our heads. But thank you so much for being here. And the last question, the one question that I didn't ask you is, what is it about Master Shopkeepers that you do appreciate? I mean, you've been in the group for a long time. Can you share a little bit about that? Oh my gosh. I would say the community that you have built. And I don't say that lightly or just uh, flippantly like, oh, it's a great community. I truly, with all of my heart, believe that there are times where I have been deleting websites and crying and I go to master shopkeepers to either read past comments or to vent or to post. And everybody is so uplifting. I know that I'm not alone. And that is the best feeling ever to, because even if you've got that best friend or those kids or that partner that, you know, whatever that looks like for you, it's not the same as having someone who runs a small brick and mortar or has a business like we do. And to know that you are not alone and you can say, I don't know how to do this. I should know how to do this. And I feel really dumb, but I don't. And everyone's like, no, 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 you're not dumb. 
I didn't know how to do it either, but here's how you do it. That has to be hands down the best feeling to know that I am not alone and that everyone in that group wants to uplift and help everyone else. Yeah. And that's a great way to end this episode. Thank you. Thank you for being a group member. Thank you for helping me out last year at the retreat when I was in a pinch about breakout sessions. And even better now, thank you for returning a second year and showing up with two fantastic presentations, being willing to record them so that all the retreat people, all the people attending the retreat have access to it. I really genuinely appreciate it. And for being so kind and helpful and fun in the group. I genuinely appreciate it. Thank you. And I hope everyone follows you on TikTok and you get another 60K followers. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Just absolutely great. 